Hey folks, it's Bama Athreya, your host on The Geek Podcast. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And this show is now part of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. You can discover more than just us by visiting their website at laborradionetwork.org. The Labor Radio Network will help you find your favorite union podcast or radio show, besides this one, of course. What is the Labor Radio Podcast Network? It's a simple network of folks from around the United States. Working people keep raising their voices more and more each day and demanding better treatment from their workplaces and from their elected officials. These voices don't get heard very much on the corporate-controlled media, but the 21st century labor movement has a new way to get its message out there besides traditional media gatekeepers. Uh, Yeah, it's ironic, but we are talking about corporate-controlled social media. But we are trusting you as the gatekeepers. So plug in and get the real news. For a one-stop shop, just visit laborradionetwork.org. On the main page, you'll see a grid of show logos, and you can just click on any one of them and the description and links pop up right there. It's worth going to visit this ever-growing set of voices for labor. BCTGM Voices Project, a podcast highlighting the real people who make up our union. And I'm happy to report that we've got a great program put together now with some really talented people. The executive officer is hired this year. They know just about everything that needs to be known with social media. There's nothing louder than when a whole other union that has nothing to do with your industry just shows up right on the picket line. And they don't forget that. The other unions never forget that. And I knew that I had to convince him on paper. Because he kept saying, the toolbox is not showing this. I'm like, hey, let's just go out on faith. I know that it's a victory. I didn't have any doubt. Why would Our union is stronger than it's ever been. This is the most I've ever seen this union down in Richmond come together and have each other's backs. They all were fighting for the same cause. This is the BCTGM Voices Project. The staff at BCTGM's international headquarters wasted little time upon returning from the 2022 convention, pivoting into directing resources for November's midterm elections. I recently sat down with political director Harry Kaiser and the leader of the state federation in Ohio to talk about labor's game plan and review the rules of the BCTGM PAC program. Listen now and be sure to review the rules in your own state as we head into election season. My name is Tim Berga. I'm president of the Ohio AFL-CIO. I'm Harry Kaiser, executive assistant to the international president of the BCTGM, and I also serve as the International Union's legislative and political director. In the last year or so, I've been moved into the position of helping to manage our political action funds and, you know, keep track of where that's coming from, make sure that we're reporting it to the FEC. So Harry and I have been working together tirelessly 
to, to make use of the resources that we've been collecting over the last couple of years. And I think that I speak also for you, Harry, when I say thank you to all of our members who have been contributing to that. Absolutely. Um, I, I would like to first go over how those are collected, who it's allowed to come, just the rules of our political action funds. Right. The, the first thing to know uh, for all of our members is that any campaign contributions that we make come through BCTGM PAC, Political Action Committee, which are all voluntary dollars. Though, so any contributions that are made are voluntary. There is no BCTGM treasury dollars involved in uh, contributions to candidates. Our BCTGM PAC is a federal PAC. We only make contributions to U.S. Senate races and U.S. House races uh, when we're talking about political candidates. So that's the most important thing for people to know. Sometimes we hear that, you know, I don't want my treasury dollars going, my dues money going to a candidate. That's not the case. Those are the federal rules. And the uh, we, of course, follow those meticulously at all times. And um, we, when we look at which candidates we're going to contribute to, the first priority is which candidates will be there for the BCTGM, which candidates support our union's values, our issues, and what's best for BCTGM members and their families. And we look at to see who's been there for the broader labor movement on labor issues. Um, and the, the, the issues we focus on are issues specifically related uh, to the labor movement and to the BCTGM. Again, what we feel in public policy will be best for our members and their families. And it's important to know it's not about Democrats and it's not about Republicans. It's about who supports labor issues as best we can. When we look at a candidate and we consider making a contribution, we try always to get the input of our local union leaders um, and members in that particular area. And it's also uh, very important for us that the candidate be endorsed by the uh, state AFL-CIO. Uh, in Ohio, of course, we look to, uh, to uh, Tim and his organization and I want to thank Tim for doing this for us. Uh, the Ohio AFL-CIO in my years is one of the most effective, uh, successful uh, state federations in a lot of areas, particularly in the area of politics. They do a great job and have for a long, long time. So uh, that's, how, that's how we look at this uh, and what candidates we're, we'll be supporting. That is a really commonly misunderstood thing that I see. We have talked extensively about that organizing campaign that we had in Stewart's Draft, Virginia, ultimately lost it, but we learned a lot of lessons with regard to communication and how we were connecting with those workers. That was a really conservative area of Virginia. And I remember being in a private group with those workers and the organizers where a guy was doing his due diligence, attempting to research our union and find out who it was that he was voting to affiliate with. And his question was, why, when I look online, do I only see you endorsing and giving money to Democrats? And it's one of those things that I really want, you know, especially people who are thinking of joining a union to understand. They can join our union and never give a dollar to politics, but also trying to help people understand how those candidates 
are vetted. And I think there's no better example than their pension legislation that finally went through. Not one, not one Republican in the House or the Senate supported the legislation that saved our members' pensions. And it was monumental legislation, historic legislation pushed through by the House and Senate Democrats and signed by President Biden. And not only did not one Republican support that legislation, the Republicans in the Senate and the House tried to strip it out of the final bill every chance they had during the legislative process. And it's, as I said, it's not about Democrats and Republicans. We can't find Republicans who will support us on the pension, who will support the PRO Act to help us organize, uh, who, who were there for us when we were out on strike uh, last year. And that's the reason why our contributions go where they go. President Berga, I'd like to move to speaking to you a little bit about um, you're leading the, the Labor Federation in a battleground state. Can you just talk about some of the challenges that come with that and the importance of winning in states like yours? Thanks, Michelle. And Harry, it's so great to see you. And yes. uh, your international union has been so supportive of the state federation here in Ohio for so many years. And and, you know, we can't guarantee um, outcomes of an election, but we can guarantee effort. We can guarantee um, that we're prepared and that it's meaningful work and that we're listening to our members as we proceed. And as Michelle said, our endorsement process, similar to yours, is a very rules-driven process governed by the AFL-CIO rules governing and governed by our constitution. And we call balls and strikes and we support those who support us. So. This election year is terribly important, uh, terribly important. We're a battleground state primarily because of Senator Rob Portman's retirement, uh, creating a vacancy there, and the strong um, union-backed candidate and Congressman Tim Ryan as our endorsed candidate. So uh, that's really the focal race in the state of Ohio. We have 100% labor um, unification and support of Tim Ryan's campaign. Uh, and it's so important that we, we get this election right in Ohio and several other congressional races uh, so we can continue to build on the foundation that, you know, Harry and Michelle, you were talking about in terms of the Butch Lewis Act. And we're very proud of the Butch Lewis Act here and Senator Sherrod Brown's leadership right, and, and, and shepherding that through. Harry, we've been talking about saving and protecting our pensions for a very, very long yeah. time. Yes. And we did it in the American Rescue Plan uh, with including the Butch Lewis Act. So uh, we wanna build on the momentum of these historic monumental legislative and policy victories. The, the pension uh, and the CHIPS Act, which is a huge deal for, this, for the state of Ohio. And as a result, Intel is building a major uh, semiconductor processing facility, and the CHIPS Act really designed to bring manufacturing back into the states on something as critical to our national and, and uh, our economic and national security interest as a semiconductor. So this election is about moving forward, building on the momentum that's there right now, and that the, the reality of it is the Democrats are getting things done. And we need time for some of the other stuff to take root, the infrastructure bill, which is going to create third party study, 560,000 good paying jobs here in Ohio, the infrastructure bill over a 10 year period. And we posted billboards uh, throughout the state thanking uh, 
those who were responsible for the infrastructure bill, President Biden, uh, whether you were a Democrat or Republican that voted for it, there weren't many Republicans that voted for it, but there were a couple, and we thanked them too uh, on billboards throughout Ohio. So this election is about moving forward, uh, building on these successes and this great foundation that I think is a paradigm shift that we haven't seen since the 1930s when FDR put in uh, the New Deal um, programs. So it's terribly important that we move forward and we don't fall back into the chaos and the division and the problems of the past. So that's what this election represents. And in Ohio, we have the congressional, the Senate race, all of our state executive offices, our state legislative races, our appellate court races, our state school board races, and then a bunch of local races. So we're very busy, very active. But again, that North Star is really the Senate race. Harry, I would like to piggyback on that uh, with Tim Ryan, as far as being a supporter of the BCTGM. You gave a really great speech at our convention this summer, talking about how we found out who our friends are last year in 2021. It was a historic year for the BCTGM. Can you just talk about what it meant for us to, you know, we were in strike after strike, who showed up for us and what that really means to our workers? Sure. Uh, thanks, Michelle. Well, last year, when we talk about which elected officials, House and Senate members uh, are with us or against us, we're not just talking about legislation. We're talking about when we need them the most, who are there for us? Um, and last year, we had four national strikes, uh, Frito-Lay, Nabisco, Kellogg's, John Denaire, which is owned by Rich Products. And during those strikes, we had senators and House members who did enormous work in support of our strike efforts. Oh, I have to first start with President Biden issuing a public statement in support of our strike uh, against Kellogg's and calling out Kellogg's for hiring scabs. That's the first time in history a sitting president has come out uh, in support of a specific strike. And then Labor Secretary Marty Walsh came and walked the picket line, the Kellogg's picket line in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, the first time in history that a sitting labor secretary walked the picket line. And he didn't just show up for some photo op. He was there, spent hours uh, with our, with our mem striking members, and that meant so much. We had senators like Sherrod Brown and, 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 and uh, Tim uh, talked about Sherrod, one of the best friends labor could possibly have in the United States Congress. He made an effort and he got multiple senators from all over the country to sign a letter to the CEO of Nabisco. And we and Senator Sanders did the same thing with Kellogg. And uh, Congresswoman Linda Sanchez of California did the same thing on the John Denaire strike. These letters signed by members of the House or the Senate from all over the country were powerful and made a difference for our union at the bargaining table in all of those instances. And that's what our folks at the bargaining table said made a difference. So that's what we're talking about support. And, all, and, and the letter, the, the signatures on those letters, um, all of them were from Democrats. We just couldn't get any Republicans to, to weigh in with these companies. It's, I don't know why they should. Their constituents are on strike, but they couldn't help. But that's, you know, that's the way that it came out. Um, and then to have the President of the United States and the Labor Secretary on your side is, you know, as we said, President Biden said he'd be the most pro-union president ever, and he's, and, and he's followed those words with actions. So we found out who our real friends were in the Congress 
uh, during these strikes when we need, there is nothing more important than getting support when our folks are out on the street in a strike or a lockout. And I will say there were two Democratic senators from Virginia who, who didn't show up and were not there and turned their backs on us. And, and we remember that too. And we're disappointed in that. And we told them so. So that's what we mean by finding out who your friends are in the political world, not just on legislation, but going the extra mile when our folks need them the most on a strike or a lockout. Yes, and I can vouch because um, you all, President Shelton wrote a pretty scathing letter to those representatives in Virginia who weren't there for us. It was unacceptable. Yeah, we helped them get elected and for them to turn around and, and not support us. Uh, we don't forget that either, whether they're Democrats or Republicans. Doesn't matter. So Tim, I spoke to you briefly before doing this uh, recording. I had seen online that some of the voting rules had changed in Ohio. You said maybe not very much, but I just want you to go over that, make sure that people know what they need to do to get registered, uh, when early voting starts, all of those things for the people in your state. Yeah, thank you. And let me just follow up on what Harry was talking about on those strikes. There's very little gray area, like legislation, there's some gray area, very little gray area when you have a labor dispute and when, you have a, when you're on strike. And it's so telling and revealing. And uh, to see Tim Ryan and Sherrod Brown out at all of our picket lines all of the time, um, we know who we can count on. So very little nuance uh, when it comes to uh, labor strife like that. Uh, election law in the state of Ohio, we have actually pretty good voting laws here. They've been uh, pared back a little bit over the last 10 years. Uh, let me just quickly go through where we're at right now with how voting is going to happen this year for the general election. Voting registration ends October the 11th. Voting begins early in person and by mail on October the 12th. The big thing on uh, early vote by mail is we had the county boards of elections determining where you could drop off those ballots, how many drop off locations you could have, where they would be. The secretary of state intervened and said, going forward, there's only going to be permissible to have one drop off, drop off box per county, and it'll be where the county board of elections main offices. So you've got a county as populated, let's say as Cuyahoga County or Franklin County where Cleveland and Columbus are, one drop box. And it just, you know, when you've got the county board of elections there wanting to actually have multiple drop boxes that are in a secured situation. So that was the biggest thing for this election as compared to uh, 2020 is just one drop off per county for dropping off those, um, those early votes. Now, uh, uh, in-person voting, so we actually are in-person early voting is October 12th to November 7th, November 7th being the day before uh, election day. There are within October 12th and November 7th, 19 days that you can actually vote. Uh, they paired back some of the weekend voting as part of this. So we have two Saturdays and the one Sunday before election day uh, so we got three weekend days of the 19 days of early voting that you can vote. So pretty generous, you know, not exactly what we'd like to see, but uh, but pretty generous. And uh, early voting is uh, very popular here in Ohio. And uh, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, um, 
trying to do away with and scale back early voting. And it's just not a good idea, especially knowing what we know now about how, um, uh, how secured things can be online and how people are looking for different options and ways in which to cast ballots and votes. So in Ohio, every registered voter gets a, an absentee vote application in the mail by the Secretary of State's office. We encourage them to put postage paid on the return envelope. We weren't able to get that done. Uh, and we also wanted to be able to apply uh, online for early vote application. We weren't able to get that done. So it's kind of a mixed bag, but all in all, you know, there's plenty of opportunities to vote and we'll be pushing both early vote uh, and then in-person voting on election day, November the 8th. Okay. You know, I've been watching on the news lately, just uh, hearing a lot about how they kind of do expect a higher turnout in this midterm than usual, uh, just because of a couple of galvanizing issues, both on, on the Republican side as well as Democrat side. Do you, do you feel like that's going to be the case in Ohio? Maybe people should really prepare to see more people at the polls this year than maybe the last midterm? Well, we had pretty high turnout the last midterm as well. So 18 and 20 were pretty high. I do expect high turnout this year, a high profile Senate race where, you know, countless millions of dollars are going to be spent on advertising. Uh, the governor's race and all the executive offices, the Ohio Supreme Court, which we haven't talked about, which is the last place to stop this illegal gerrymandering that's happening in the state of Ohio. Uh, so we have three Supreme Court races up this year. So that's high profile uh, because of all of the illegal activity from the Republicans on the Ohio Redistricting Commission not following the intent uh, of the constitutional amendments. So that's been getting a lot of news and, and ignoring the Supreme Court decisions and all that. So high profile races, a lot of money being spent. So uh, yes, I do expect high turnout. Great. Well, Harry, will you you know, out, outside of Ohio and moving into you know, our members all across the U.S., talk about some ways that they can get involved this election season. Absolutely. And, and um, you know, this is a, uh, when you have a 50-50 Senate, every key race, every contested race is so important for control of the Senate. Um, and if we didn't have control of the Senate right now as the Democrats, we would not have gotten the pension legislation through. And uh, that's how important every elect, every Senate election, all elections, but the Senate in particular. Uh, you know, President Shelton is going to have the BCTGM fully engaged. We're already beginning the process of getting our folks engaged in these elections because of what it means to our union. And and uh, he's he's going to be directing us, the headquarters and field staff, extensively on on getting this job done uh, for our union. I think the most important thing first is for our members to get registered. Each state has a different process for registration. And I would encourage all of our folks, the state AFL-CIO in every state is really the best resource for our members to go to uh, in terms of finding out how to register and any of the other particular issues related. Um, we can't say something from Washington because every state is different. Um, but I know that each state AFL-CIO has a, has a website and they're communicating with their local unions. 
and they can reach out. And that's, an, that's very important. So state feds are a great resource. Central Labor Councils are. We've worked with them over the years, and it really they do a great job for, for a union like ours um, all across the country. And of course, in, in Ohio, where, where our, our locals are, are very active uh, with, with Tim's uh, organization. Um, so uh, that's the most important thing um, is, is getting registered and then getting engaged with your local union, communicating on the job site, getting the information, sharing whatever information that they get from the international union whether it's a, a worksite flyer or, or whatever uh, the case might be, whatever uh, letters, sharing that with their fellow workers and talking about these issues and what matters most and trying to keep the focus on what's best for the labor movement, what's best for our union, what's best for our members' families. And I think the last couple of years have shown that we need to maintain a Democratic majority in the Senate. We need somebody like Tim Ryan um, there uh, who, who supported the pension legislation from day one. And we don't need a guy like J.D. Vance in Ohio, who was on Wall Street trying to get rid of pensions. That's what we have to have. And that's the case in all of the states, uh, the key battleground states. So uh, register, get involved with your local union, work with your state AFL-CIO and your local Central Labor Council, be a part of Labor 2022 uh, the process, and and we'll get more good labor-friendly, BCTGM-friendly uh, people elected to office. Yeah, and there's going to be more coming from international as well. We're already working on this Tennessee ballot question, right? Which is hugely right. important. We need to give some of the details of that. Yeah, just basically in Tennessee uh, is a right to work for less state, um, and they have right to work in the law. Now, the business community and the anti-union crowd in Tennessee want to try and take that right to work and put it in the state constitution, make it a constitutional provision. And that is very bad because someday there may be a chance to change the law in Tennessee and get rid of right to work for less. But when it's in the constitution, it makes it very, very difficult. So uh, we're engaged in Tennessee. We have a good, strong membership in Tennessee uh, to try and defeat uh, Amendment 1, voting no on Amendment 1. And we, uh, all of our Tennessee members will be receiving a communication from President Shelton to that. And uh, we're going we're gonna to keep up that fight. Those are the kinds of battles that, that we're engaged in. Um, and I know that uh, Tim's counterpart in Tennessee is working real hard on that as well. Well, that is all the questions that I have for you guys. Is there anything else, Harry or Tim, that you wanted to say to our members before we wrap it up? Well, just thank you. Uh, thank you, President Shelton, BCTGM. It's a great union. We have great locals here in the state of Ohio. And you have my commitment that any release staff that we get for Labor 2022, any volunteers, any activists, are going to be put in a very organized structure um, that will be carrying out the work, the canvassing in the neighborhoods. And this is all going to be labor to labor. So it's canvassing, it's the direct mail, local union mail. Uh, uh, the phone banking is pretty much we're doing that um, through a, a separate thing, labor to labor. So not so much on that, but we can set up phone banks um, for you to call your own members if you like. The work site, mobilization, the worksite flyers, and all the digital work that we'll be doing as well. So it's very detailed. 
um, and it's very structured and it's very organized. So we're we're getting a lot of relief staff coming in now. So any relief staff, volunteers, activists that we get from the Bakers, uh, BCTGM has always been you know tremendously helpful in our political work, and uh, you know we're going to need everybody on the field and in the work sites. Uh, talking about the importance of building on the momentum that we have in Congress, um, keeping the House where it's at, keeping the Senate where it's at. And in Ohio, in order to do that, we need to elect Tim Ryan, the U.S. Senate. That's a top priority. And and uh, I'm confident if we have everybody on the field working together, we're going to get it done. Tim, um, if our members, BCTGM members, do want to get involved in your program, who should they contact? Yeah, uh, they can either contact their local labor council, uh, who's integrated into all this work, or the Ohio AFL-CIO field director, Jessica Vernon. And your local unions there pretty much know how to get a hold of us, and they even have, uh, the leadership at least has my cell phone number. So yeah. um, they know us, they know how to get a hold of us, and uh, we're ready to put them uh, into the plan. Okay. Yeah. And I imagine it's the same story in every other state. So if you're watching and you're wondering, you know, talk to your local union leaders about how to get in touch with the Federation. And, and I just, let me just close by saying, going back again, how important this is. We saw the results of electing labor friendly, the most pro-labor president ever putting in a, the best labor secretary we've ever had. We see when we get senators who support us, what can come saving the pensions, and uh, all of the other good, important pro-worker, pro-BCTGM legislation that we've gotten, that's what these elections are about. And a uh, big race in Ohio, of course, but in North Carolina and Georgia um, and um, uh, Pennsylvania, we can, we can hold the Senate and keep pro-BCTGM, pro-union uh, folks run, running the United States Senate and, and hopefully uh, in the House as well. Um, and I uh, want to say again, uh, thank you on behalf of the union and uh, President Shelton. Thank you, Tim, for, for, for doing this. Uh, you know, best of luck to you uh, and your team in Ohio, because that is a key race. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to getting this done. Okay. Thank you, Michelle. All right. Take Bye. Care, Tim. See you. If you found this content valuable, please consider sharing it on your own social media pages and be sure to tag us. We are BCTGM on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more on the activities of the BCTGM, go to bctgm.org.